Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, guys, we, we're getting into Luke 16, and here's what's happening. In Luke 15, Jesus was really primarily focused on the attitudes of the of the Pharisees and his teaching, and he was dealing specifically with their attitude about him being appealing towards sinners and, and appealing towards those who were not accepted by the religious establishment because they weren't like the people who were in the religious establishment. And so Jesus in, in Luke 15 conveys, especially through the story of the prodigal son, the attitude of God towards us, that God is willing to accept anyone who will come to Him. He actively seeks after us so that we would come to Him, the prodigals. Now when we get to Luke 16, Luke is changing the, the focus a little bit away from the acceptance with Jesus, and that's where most of us are at. We want, it, we want salvation, we want acceptance with Jesus, but now he's changing the focus to our responsibility. What do we do with this salvation? What do we do with this Jesus? And last week we looked at the first 13 verses in particular there. He was talking about that we need to live our lives in light of the future. We need to ensure our future, and that is that everything we have now, we need to use it for Him later so that we have a greater reward in heaven. We get now to verse 14 through 18, and we see that the Pharisees are going to react towards Jesus. So I want you to notice what they say there in verse 14. Now the Pharisees were lovers of money, also heard all these things, and they derided Him. And He said to them, You are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For what is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. The law and prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached, and everyone is pressing into it. It is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than one tittle of the law to fail. Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery. Whoever marries her who is divorced from her husband commits adultery. Some interesting words from Jesus. In fact, when we get to verse 18, it's like, whoa, where did that come from? Well, let's take a look here what's going on. Because what's happening here is this. He's responding to the Pharisees because their attitude is is like, number one, who do you think you are to tell me how I should be living my life? So they scoffed at him. In fact, I'm going to be honest with you folks. We want, listen to me, we want salvation. We want forgiveness. But now Jesus is getting into an area where we might be uncomfortable with and we might be uncomfortable with him telling us how to live our lives. We might be uncomfortable with Him making demands of us that we should be, everything we have should be for the kingdom and for Him rather than what we want to pursue with our own lives. Because remember what He said just a little bit earlier, verse 13, you can't serve two masters because one will despise the other. Serve God. 
So now he's going to deal with these Pharisees. So if we look with me, verse 14, we're going to see, first of all, the scoffing. Because here's what happens. When you scoff, when you balk at what Jesus is saying, two things are going on. Number one, first of all, they question Jesus' authority. They question Jesus' authority. Because number one, first of all, these are the religious guys. Do you understand? The, the message that he's bringing, the people who are having a problem with his message, are the people who are the religious people. They're the, they're the upstanding citizens of the community. They're the ones who know the law. I mean, in our day, it would be the church people would be having a problem with what Jesus is saying. And they don't like Jesus showing up and Jesus making demands and Jesus telling them the way it is. And here's what they don't. They question his authority. Who are you to tell me this, Jesus? Who are you to make this demand of us? Who are you to suggest? And number one, they had a reason for this that we should be using our stuff for the kingdom. Because why? Because the Pharisees, can I be honest with you, were middle class people in their culture who had a lot of money. And so now Jesus is stepping on their toes when he's trying to tell them how to live their lives. Because their focus has been on me, me, me. And Jesus is saying, look, you want to ensure your future, put your focus somewhere else. Put it on God. So they question his authority. Why is that? Because here's the second point I want you to see about them. They did not understand kingdom values. Listen, whenever we react towards what Jesus is saying, whenever we don't like what he's saying, because maybe we have something else in mind, maybe we have it, it infringes upon our whole concept of what we should be doing or what we, what we want to do, the issue is, is that you don't truly understand in that area what kingdom values are. And the Pharisees, even for all of their knowledge, even for all of their religious activity, even for all of their uprightness and their self-righteousness, and, and wanting to look like they were the perfect people and the only people going to heaven, for all of that, here's the problem with them. They did not understand kingdom values. They did not understand what God values from people. They did not understand that God is not interested in you living this life for you. God is interested in you living your life for Him. Where you're at. Now, some of you are saying, oh yeah, so you want me to be a pastor or a missionary? No. I want you to be a lover of Jesus where you are at work. In your neighborhood, in your apartment complex, in your retirement group of people that you hang out with, at school. I want you to be a lover of Jesus. Oh, so you want me to start carrying a big Bible and act like a big Jesus free? No. Be normal. But don't live your life for you. Live your life for God. God, what do you want me to do today? How can I live my life for you? This is the point. He's saying they didn't understand that. I'll be honest with you. There's a lot of Christians that they don't understand that. Because it's not about us. I mean, I've got to be constantly reminded about that. You know, last week when I preached the message, I, I paused for a moment and said that God's teaching me that... It's not about what I want out of life anymore. It's about what Jesus. Everybody remember when I said that last week? Those of you who were here? Okay. So, guess what God does? He tests me. Do you really believe that, George? So, I'll be honest with you. I had a bad hair day this week. Okay. Okay. I mean, I had a bad day this week. I mean, I was feeling really low. Like, okay, God, what are you, you're not using me. God, what are you? And I had a discussion with Lori, you know, and she's trying to talk some sense into me. And, and, and uh, you know, it's so like, you know, and I, it was a bad day. 
It was a bad day. Here's what I did. I went, went to the office. I did some work. And, and I thought, I need to pray. Well, here, I went out with one of my pastor buddies. He was not sympathetic. Called Brad. And uh, he wasn't sympathetic either. So, uh, so after lunch, I came back to the office and I came up here to the sanctuary. I do this. I come to the sanctuary, turn on the air conditioner, and I start walking around and I start praying. I'm like, and I start complaining. God, I don't understand. And I just start praying. I start praying. God, and I, and I get to the place where I'm like, okay, God, it's whatever you want with me. Whatever you want with me. And whatever you want with me. So I go back to my office, and I get a phone call. George, your name came up. Oh. In fact, you were the topic of conversation. Oh. And, and can you come back next year? They really want you to come back and teach. For some reason, they're in love with you. Okay. So I hung up the phone, and here's what happened, folks. I was rebuked. Because I was having a poor pity me party. What am I doing? What am I doing? God said, get out of it. i got things for you to do. See, that's where we're at. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's where we're at. We don't value the things the kingdom values. We value what we want. You know, we want whatever we want. And then when it doesn't happen, what happens? And nobody's sympathetic. Nobody understands. It's because we don't value what the kingdom values. This is what's going on with these guys. They don't value what the kingdom values. But I want you to see how Jesus responds to them because he's going to respond to them. He's going to hit them right on. He's going to hit them right in the face because he's going to tell them what God sees about their lives. Because here's the thing. You can look, act right on the outside and be self-righteous and be everything, but God sees right through it. He sees right through to your heart. He knows exactly where you are, knows exactly what's going on, And so he sees something else. So here's what I want you to see. Look with me. Verse 15. Here's how Jesus responds to these guys as they're deriding him, as they're mocking him, as they're questioning his authority. Look at verse 15. He he said to them, You are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your heart. Here's the point. God looks at our heart, not our posing. God looks at our heart, not our posing. You know, do you know what I mean by posing? Look at me. Look at what I'm doing. Look at how great I am. And some of you are going to pose at this chicken thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Look, taste my chicken. It's the best. The family recipe. I got it off of Facebook. Do you know what I'm saying? That's posing, isn't it? You know, this is the thing. We, we pose. We, we try to act one way. And this is what the Pharisees were doing. They were posing. They were acting one way. But the reality is, listen to me, the reality is, is that God looked beneath all the posing and all the perfectness and all of the acting like they got their act together. He saw their hearts. He saw who they truly were. And it wasn't good. How do I know it wasn't good? Because look at what he says. Look with me. Verse 15, he continues on. For what was highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. What's going on here? God is disgusted with what we value. God is disgusted with what we value. See, we make assumptions. We, we assume that, that God likes the stuff that we like. 
And what these guys were doing is, is they were, it's particular here is the issue is money, because that's what's coming out of this passage here, is money. And, and, and they valued money, and they valued wealth and everything, and, 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 and they thought, boy, we're, we're being blessed by God. God. God must really love us. God really cares about us. But Jesus is saying, no, you don't understand. What you place your value in, God considers it an abomination. God is disgusted with it. Because you're just hoarding it for yourself, using it for yourself, doing it for yourself so that you're comfortable, but your neighbor, he needs help. And you're not going to help him because it's all for you. And that disgusts the heart of God. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just rubber meets the road, folks. It's not about us. It's not about our comfort and our dreams and our plans and what you have, God gave you. And if you can help out, be there. Be there for someone. What we value is God is disgusted with us. And then he goes on, and because he, he wants to make a point here. Look with me at verse 16 to 17. What's he getting to here? He says, The law and the prophets were until John. And since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached, and everyone is pressing into it. It's easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one tittle of the law to fail. What's he talking about here? God's truth is impactful and unchanging. He's getting ready to make a point with these guys. And he wants them to understand, look, you operate based upon what you think is right. You operate based upon what your values are. But I'm going to explain something to you. The Word of God, the law of God, has been there before John. It's still being preached. And here's the thing. People are pressing and it's impacting people's lives. But I want you to understand, not one tittle. Now, what's a tittle? You guys were like, what is a tittle? What are you talking about? Well, one tittle was a little mark in the Hebrew language. It's like a little mark to, 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 to abbreviate a, a vowel or a sound or something. And what's going on there is he's saying not even one of those little tittles will, will change in the Word of God. So it's unchanging. It's perfect. It's not changing. Why is he saying that? Because look, folks, if, we're, if our values are so messed up, how do I get my values back where they need to be? Through God's Word. And it stands in contrast, because here's what they were doing, because now we get to verse 18, and it's like, okay, I understand the music thing, also I understand where, where the attitude's coming from with them, I understand, yeah, I understand. But then all of a sudden we get to verse 18, and here's what he says in verse 18. Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery. Whoever marries her and is divorced from her husband commits adultery. Okay, we're talking about where they're at, they're posing, we're talking about their value system and all of that, and yeah, we understand the Word of God, and then all of a sudden, verse 18, where does that come from? What's he getting at here? Because we all know this passage. What's the point he's trying to make? Here's the issue. They manipulated God's Word for their benefit. They manipulated God's word for their benefit. Here's what's going on. Here's what Jesus is doing, so you understand what's happening here. Here's what the Pharisees did, so I want you to understand. In principle, everybody knows that divorce is wrong. Does everybody understand me? I am not saying that everybody here does not understand. Let me just stop for a moment. I, need to, I maybe need to qualify what I'm about to say so that everybody understands that where it comes from from George's perspective. Divorce is not in God's plan. 
Period. But I want you to understand where George comes from. Just like with God, God knows that there are times when divorce happens. And I've even married divorced people. So just want you to know. So when George is saying there, he's not. Okay? But I do have a responsibility to you to explain to you what the text is saying. So let me explain to you what the text is saying. Here's what the Pharisees would do, because they wanted to look perfect. They wanted to look good. They wanted to, and when you understand what I'm about to explain to you, you understand why now, why the passage is saying, and how it connects to what Jesus is saying. Because they were posing and wanting to look good, here's the thing they didn't do. Because they knew that the scriptures recorded very clearly that thou shall not commit what? Adultery. But here's what would happen. These guys were scoundrels. You have to understand, this was not America. This was Palestine 2,000 years ago. It is a male-dominated society. Women did not divorce their husbands. Husbands were the only ones who were allowed to give their wives a certificate of divorce. And you didn't go to the court. You didn't have to go through a process. You You just went home one day and you said, Honey, we're done. Here it is. Get out. That's what they did. Now, let me explain to you how this ties into what we just talked about here. Because he says they're posing, what they value, they look good on the outside, but really on the inside they're a mess, and what they value, God hates. He's disgusted with it. Here's what they did. Instead of committing adultery, because they knew that was wrong, and that could get them in trouble, and they could lose standing and everything, and they would be just like the sinners... This is what Jesus is getting at. So when you understand what's going on, you understand what he's saying. So, okay, here it is. Let's say I'm Joe Schmo from the synagogue. And I'm married. I've got kids. But I'm at the synagogue one day. I'm in a village square one day. And I see a gal and she really attracts me. And I strike up a conversation with her. She's available. Life would be so much more interesting with her. So I go home, and I got my big giant honeydew list, and the kids and all that, and I'm thinking, ah, life would be so much better with her. Here, here, I, adultery is wrong. Here's your certificate of divorce. And he goes and marries the other gal. See, they manipulated because Moses allowed for divorce. And what they did was is to, to use it to what? Cover their heart of adultery. Do you understand what Jesus is getting at now? Read with me. When you understand the explanation, read with me now. Look at verse 18. Look at what he says there. You understand completely what he's saying here. Look with me, verse 18. Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery. Do you understand? They were using divorce like it was their way of covering up themselves. They were manipulating God's word. They were manipulating. And whoever marries her who is divorced from her husband commits adultery. Here's the thing that's going on. The issue is, is that, okay, let me stop for a moment. There's a great, there's two principles here. The principle that the text is talking about is their manipulation of God's word. That's the first principle. There's a secondary principle. Don't divorce. Well, you say, George, I am divorced. I'm remarried now. Then don't get divorced from that person. 
Live your life like that person is going to be the person the rest of your life. Some of you are saying, well, George, don't you, you don't understand why. I understand that. I know there's sometimes there are exceptions. Not everything is black and white. But get rid of the divorce card. That's the, alt, the secondary point here. The first point is, is that don't manipulate God's word to use it for your benefit. And that's what these people were doing. But the final thing is, I want you to see here, look with me, that in spite of the manipulation, they're still guilty. This is the point that Jesus is getting at. So, okay, so you see that gal on the square, and you like her. You go home and you divorce your wife, and then you go to her dad and pay the dowry or whatever, and then you marry her. So you, quote, did it legally. Jesus says you're still committing adultery. See, yeah, you're looking good on the outside. You can go to the synagogue, take your place of seat there. Woo, I'm looking good. Oh, isn't he righteous? Jesus says you're still guilty. See, everybody looks on the outside, but God on the inside. Because God looks and sees why they divorced. Why that person gave the divorce. Do you understand my point here? This is what we're getting at here. This is what I want you to see, is that this whole issue is, is that they were bucking the system. They were questioning Jesus' authority. And Jesus is saying, look, it's not an issue that the authority is wrong. It's that you won't submit to the authority. And so you manipulate God's word. You manipulate it in such a way so that you look good. So that you look good. Does everybody understand? You say, okay, how do we apply this then, George? How do, we, how do we bring this to where we are in our lives right now? Well, first of all, you've got to ask yourself a question. How do you respond to Jesus' authority? You know, that's a question for you, that's a question for me. Because here's the thing. You might be there and you say, well, you know... That, that isn't going to happen to me, George. It's, you know, I'd seeing some gal in the square and going home and divorcing my wife and marrying her. That ain't going to happen. First of all, don't ever say that. Everybody understand me? Galatians 6.1 is a passage I often like to refer to. Is that uh, when someone is overtaken in sin, you who are spiritual, go to them in meekness and gentleness, lest you also be tempted. The whole point of that passage is, is you deal with people, not with a wagging finger, but with, with understanding and kindness, because you recognize, you recognize what? Right circumstances, right situation, it would be you. So we're all on level ground here. You understand what I'm saying? But the issue is, how do you respond to Jesus' authority? Because maybe Jesus is not upset with you about that area. He's upset with you about another area that you're not willing to submit to him about in your life. You know what I mean? It's like I'm reading this passage, and I can sit there and say, Oh, well, I've been married, Lord, 19 years. Yeah, but there's this other area, George. When are you going to submit to my authority in this other area? Oh. See, that's the issue, isn't it? 
it's easy to look at and justify ourselves by looking at other people. Well, I'm not like them. The reality is, Jesus is not comparing you with them. Jesus is comparing you with you and with what his word says and what he wants from your life. And how are you doing with that? Oh. See, how do you respond to Jesus' authority? Are you scoffing at it like the Pharisees? Listen, when you scoff at it, it really reveals where your heart is. And it also reveals that you don't truly understand what God wants for your life. Bottom line. Here's the second thing. How does God view what you value? How does God view what you value? See, what is it that you put an important stock in? We already talked about this last week. You can tell what a person values by by, by really what they put their stewardship in. I, I've heard other preachers say this. You want to know what you value? Look at your Look at your pocketbook. Look at where you spend money. That's pretty true. You want to know what the, what the thing that you value the most? Look at where you put your money at. What is it that you value and how does God view it? Is it self-centered? What you're looking at is what you're focused on, what you want out of life and self-centered and everything? I can almost guarantee you that God's not going to be happy with that. But if your focus is others, it's, it's, do, it's living for Christ... It's living for Him and focusing on what God wants in your life in that area. I can almost tell you He'll commend you for that. So, what does, what does, how does God view what you value? And then here's the action point. Here's what we've got to do. This is for me and this is for you. Because you could be saying, you know what, George, we're not like those guys. We're not using the Word of God to manipulate it so that we can get another wife. No, 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 but you need to listen to me. Here's the action point. Quit manipulating God's Word and submit to it. Quit manipulating God's Word and submit to it. What do you mean manipulating? Well, how many of you ever done this? Usually this is a sign of immaturity, but I'll go ahead and tell you what it is anyhow. Well, I know I shouldn't do this. I'm almost forced into doing this, but I'll just ask for forgiveness later. How many of you have heard that before? I'm not asking if you've done it. How many of you have heard that kind of thing before? Because people will be like, well, we can always ask for forgiveness later. Folks, that's manipulating God's Word. Quit manipulating God's Word so that you look good, but yet you use it for what? Your benefit. Or to cover your stuff in your life. That's what you need to do. That's the whole point of the passage. That's what he's telling them here in the Scripture. Is look, you think nobody sees who you really are? Jesus does. And yes, you're an authority. Yes, you are. You know so much about the Bible, but here's what you do. You use the Bible for your own use rather than submitting your life to it. So some of us need to submit to God's Word here today. Some of us need to begin to value what He values. 
Some of us need to recognize where we're truly at. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.